right. You missed us. We're back. It's a brand new Village Vice. He's Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law. And uh, it's been a week of of transition and movement here. Yeah. I mean, you were in Mobile. I changed offices. So it's what a week. <laughs> it's been a busy week. And uh, we're going to fix the lighting situation. So I'm like Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman over there. I'm like, I'm in the dark here. So I haven't seen it. That. I haven't seen it. No kidding. I knew you hadn't seen it. I wasn't even going to ask if you'd seen it. But we did see Hugh Freeze yesterday, and yeah. he talked, you know, publicly for the first time about all of these new hires. He feels very confident about his staff. And, you know, regardless, Brad, if he was asked about DJ Durkin, the new defensive coordinator, or Derek Nix, the new offensive coordinator, or Charles Kelly, the new co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach, the theme was trust and communication. And the ability to communicate. He talked a lot about how these different coaches label things and how it's simple and not, you know, it's it's just kind of to the point where everybody can understand. And he said it over and over and over again about being on the same page, almost so to the point where he was almost insinuating that they weren't on the same page before. Hmm. And so uh, I, I think uh, I think the more you know, I heard Freeze talk about it down in Mobile yesterday. Uh, the more I like the staff, man. Yeah, I think so. And we're going to kind of talk about last year's staff and this year's staff and comparisons and net gains and net losses and those kind of things. But yeah. I think a recurring theme throughout this episode, and you can look there to the right of the screen and, and see the topics as you always can on Village Vice. Yeah, right. No, over there. There we are. Um, it's different when you're on the camera. Okay, anyway. Um, it's okay. And, and that is communication. And the need for communication, given the role of the head coach specifically in a college football program these days, because like the 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 big mechanism that is a college football program is so much bigger and more involved than it ever has yeah. been. Right. So the need to be on the same page in terms of just daily communication, think about the, you know, like uh, if you're just trying to talk with somebody in language and you're speaking a different language from somebody else, you're not going to be nearly as productive. So to be on the same page is really important. Yeah. And I even think about like priorities and tasks. Cause like mm -hmm. you said, in today's age of college football, these coaches have more tasks and things to do in front of them than ever before and things to think about. And everybody's priorities need to be the same too. And I, I don't know if that was necessarily the case with last year's staff as well. And so, I mean, being on the same page can mean a lot of things, not just communication, mm -hmm. but we've all had that coworker that put a ton of time into something and they didn't get the most important thing done, but they got some other thing that's like, well, that doesn't really matter if you don't do, you know, whatever big picture X thing is right. Yeah. And that's normal. Like that's not an unusual thing. And I do think that was part of the problem. Yeah last year specifically on the offensive side of the ball so we'll see exactly what happens moving forward but i mean hugh lit up yesterday when mm -hmm. he was asked about all of these guys the guy who was probably most excited to talk about what was charles kelly yeah but i mean and, and i don't blame him and funny enough like he he didn't really have as much of a relationship with charles kelly as he did with the other guys which is the irony here but he talked, Brad, about how Charles Kelly, as the co-DC, sat in on the defensive coordinator interviews. And not once did he ever say, like, you know what, I should just be the D coordinator. I should just be the leader of the defense. And, yeah. he, you know, he used the word humility. Um, and 
Hugh said, you know, if I was like him 10 years ago, I would have made it all about me because he's that good. Uh, and and so I, I thought that was I thought that was kind of enlightening. Yeah, and, and another bit of, of candor from the head coach too, just sort of humanizing. And um, ultimately it was DJ Durkin. And, you know, let's talk about this hire a little bit. Yep. He's a guy who uh, has been in the SEC. This is his fourth different stop. And the guys who have hired him previously in the SEC – Will Muschamp hired him as his defensive coordinator. Jimbo Fisher hired him. Lane Kiffin hired him. So those three guys have hired DJ Durkin as their defensive coordinator, and now Hugh Freeze becomes the fourth. And, uh, you know, I, sometimes you look at NFL coaches, I think, and you go, how is the same guy getting recycled for the same position at different teams over and over and over again? There is comfort, there is familiarity, and there's an understanding of how it works, both – on the recruiting front, and what is needed day-to-day, -day, putting together defensive game plans in this conference. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I know you just mentioned all of the SEC coaches, but what about Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, too? I mean, yeah. this guy has been, he's respected uh, across all of college coaching, and maybe even some in the NFL, uh, depending on how many rumors you want to listen to. And yeah. this is also a guy where, I mean, it's been reported by a lot of different folks, their belief is that if Nick Saban hadn't retired, DJ Durkin would be the defensive coordinator at Alabama. And so, yeah. I mean, if Nick Saban was interested in him, I think that says something as well, Brad. So this is yeah. a guy that, um, I mean, everybody wants him to be a part of their staff, which should say enough, right? Um, yeah. I, I know there, there is a little... I mean, there's obviously some controversy due to you know a player passing away when he was at Maryland, but everybody's vetted him over and over and over again. Um, mm -hmm. Clearly, if he was involved in some sort of wrongdoing there, that would have been buried um, and taken care of a long time ago. And so um, on this one, I'm going to listen to the coaches that are coaching at the highest level, not the people on social media. Yeah, I, I think that's a really key designation. And it's not to invalidate anyone's personal opinion, but it's kind of sure. like voting in an election. Like, you have the right to have your opinion. We have the right to vote, and that's one of the things we love about our country. It is a good idea to maybe do some research. It is a good idea to form your own opinion rather than let others form your opinion for you. And that's yeah. kind of, you know, we, we don't necessarily have to dig in all the way deep down to the roots, but the information is out there about right. his time at Maryland. There are lots of reports. There are lots of articles. Um, I would... One way or the one way or the other, by the way, whichever kind of side you stand on, if you stand on a side, um, don't just find the articles that support that side. Read all of the information and come to your own logical, well-rounded, well-founded conclusion. Yeah, and don't read just a few tweets. I mean, even Auburn media yeah. members were, uh, were were putting some tweets out there yesterday that I think they're reaching a little bit. Yeah. So no question. You know, um, bold move. Bold move by that publication, but we'll see if it works out for him. Yeah. We'll see if it works uh, out for him. Reading the article from CBS Sports Today, Durkin's defense saw improvement through two years at Texas A&M. This is the most recent stop, right? Yeah. An offensively challenged, at times, A&M team. Um, they were seventh in the SEC his first year in 2022, gave up 365 yards a game. That number was cut to 316 yards a game 
last year, 19th nationally, third in the conference. It goes on to say that they struggled against better teams. Man, most, I don't know. Most teams do. Most that's, teams do struggle against better teams. The, right. The, like that's, that's, why that's how it works. That's why they're better teams. I mean, Auburn, yeah. Auburn was in the same boat. And look, I, I think you can kind of compare Durkin's situation at Texas A&M to what Auburn has dealt with over the last few seasons, where Auburn defensively, like when you just look at them, watch the game and don't necessarily look at stats, it's like this is a top five defense mm -hmm. in the SEC but they're on the field all the time. And that's exactly what happened with Texas A&M the last two seasons, I guess with the exception of maybe the first half of this past season when, when they kind of got things going offensively. But mm -hmm. they, uh, I mean, this is an offense that struggled at Texas A&M. And so Durkin's defense kept them in a lot of games for the for over those yeah. two years, uh, much like Auburn's did over the last few seasons. So, you know, seventh in the SEC is one thing. But when you look at it and you watch the, you know, do the whole eye test thing and all of that, it's like, no, this, this, there's not six defenses in the mm -hmm. SEC better than what they were doing last year. Not as a whole, not as parts of the team, right? If you had put that defense yeah. with maybe an offense that was a little more balanced or capable or, or explosive, right. then, you know, they look even better than that. It all, it all goes together. We, we do try to segment football way too often it all moves together as this one kind of machine. So um, that was just something I thought was interesting. And it's also yeah. interesting to note that Hugh Freeze just prepared for a DJ Durkin defense this past year, just saw it in College Station. So um, is familiar with that and obviously was impressed with what he saw these last couple of times that he's gone against a DJ Durkin defense. Yeah. Is Auburn's coaching staff better now than it was a few months ago? Brad, let's jump into that in just a moment on Village Vice. I want to let's tell you it. about our friends at mybookie.ag. If you want to get in on the rest of the college basketball season, MLB is right around the corner, but obviously the Super Bowl is here. And if you want to get in on the action, head over to mybookie.ag. It's the best place to get in on any sort of wagering action and you can do it get some extra coin in your my bookie account just use promo code next round in order to do so we'll uh we'll talk about all the 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 uh, the super props. bowl props and all of that closer to time but uh go ahead and get set up so you can um wager with us that's at mybookie.ag use promo code next round all right I had to step away just so I could get back in, you know, because you're talking about get in on it. And I had to I had to get out so I could get back in. So glad you did that. That's how I was so glad you did that. <laughs> yep. I think the coaching staff is better now than it used to be. And I I, I guess the place to start is coordinators. Mm -hmm. And once again, much like a player, how they have to fit into a certain system and certain scheme, coaching is the same thing. Does the, does the fit make sense? And I think when you look at Derek Nix versus Philip Montgomery and you look at DJ Durkin versus Ron Roberts, I think the fit of both these guys, I'm not saying they're better coaches, I'm not saying they're worse coaches, but I think right now going into 2024, they're in a better situation with these two guys leading the offense and defense than they were a year ago at Auburn. Yeah, uh, we talked about what you needed at your coordinator spots last year for Hugh Freeze to spend more time on the recruiting trail, spend more time on, you know, phone calls and FaceTimes and yeah. 
just the hours in the day. You don't have 50 hours in a day. So you spend your time, hey, coordinators, I'm kind of turning over much more of the overall responsibility for these units to you so that I can focus on recruiting. And as such, that, that's why I brought in a couple of guys to get things off the ground. A couple of guys who have experience, they're older, they've been at a few more places, they're you know, ready to handle more of the day-to-day -day operation. Now, year two, you've made up ground on the recruiting trail. Clearly, what, what you're doing in recruiting is working. You're establishing right. roots. And now you bring in some coaches who not only bring a little more energy and enthusiasm, perhaps, to the operation, they can aid with some of the recruiting stuff as well. I, I, do, I do. I think you get better in both facets, on-field and recruiting. Yeah, and then, you know, there's not really a comparison this year to last year, but I think the addition of Will Redmond to kind of be your general manager yeah. is huge. Um, there's not really a comparison from, like, somebody who was doing that a year ago. I guess it was Hugh Freeze, and so now Hugh Freeze can be a coach and an offensive-minded head coach and the recruiting guy still, but I mm -hmm. think you've got a solid piece in Will Redmond that can help you out there. As far as, you know, you get Wesley McGriff back, so that's not really – a difference but you add charles kelly to this 2024 staff and to me there's nobody else really on staff like charles kelly i mean this guy recruits at an elite level nationwide he's mm -hmm. nationally respected in the business and he hit the ground running day one i mean it, i i think he was on the trail like hitting it before um before he was even officially announced like this guy just, he, he wants to be out there re recruiting these kids, which is exactly what Auburn needs. Yeah. Uh, reminds me a little bit, by the way, of, of a Kevin Steele. He's been at a few play now, you know, he doesn't, he hadn't been around maybe as long as, as Kevin Steele was when he got here, but yeah. a guy who has a great deal of fire under him, a guy who has tremendous ties to the state of Alabama, to Auburn specifically, and, uh, and will go out and work very, very hard and very passionately for this program. Um, yeah. I, I think that's, would you, I mean, would you call Charles Kelly the number one staff addition of the off season? Yes. Yeah. I think I would too. Comfortably so. Yeah, I would too. And, you know, again, to circle back to what you said in the open that, that Hugh Freeze mentioned, he was in on the conversations, the interviews with potential defensive coordinators and uh, he just universally loved by yeah. by every by recruits by their families by other coaches, um, yeah I do I think the 2024 staff is a net positive from 2023. Not to disparage anybody from 2023, we we did our shows where we talked about how we like those guys and we respect those guys and there's no uh, again no disparaging of them. Yeah, I think Philip Montgomery and Ron Roberts are good coaches. I just don't yeah. think it's what Auburn needs right now, and that's right. okay. That's okay. And that, you know, Ron Roberts is at Florida and we'll see what Phil Montgomery does, but yeah, yeah it, it needed to happen. It needed to happen. And Hugh Freeze talked about that down in Mobile yesterday. He said that he was on the phone with Nick Saban earlier in the day. And he was saying like, you know, at, at all of these programs that I've been, I, I don't think I've gotten it right in the first year once. And he said that Nick gave him some advice on that because Nick Saban didn't nail it in his first year either as far as, um, you know, right. coaching hires. So uh, I thought that was interesting. That was an interesting little anecdote there by, by freeze. And how rare is it that anybody nails it the first time around 
like on your job, your your job that you have right now, Zach, it's a mm-hmm. you do a tremendous job with your regular job. Did you nail yes. it the first six months? Like, are no. you doing the same stuff now that you did those first six months? No way. Of course not. No way. And, and I'm sure you prepare for radio broadcasts way different now than you did your first season, right? And yeah. it's just part of it. That's just part of it. And I'm sure. constantly tinkering with stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's not a it's not a multi-million dollar football program. Right. But it doesn't matter what the job is. A teacher doesn't set up his or her classroom the same way his or her second year the way they do the first year. Like yeah. most jobs, you're not going to get it right that that very first year, even if it's, by the way, at a different school or mm-hmm. a di- if same job but a different place. Right. Typically, it takes a little while to get that foundation laid. So, um, and I, and I, that kind of carries us into the next topic, into what the job even is like, because the job of teacher changes a little year to year. A lot of jobs change the definition of what the job is year by year. Many don't, but there are many that do. Yeah. I can't think of one that's changed more than a college football coach's job over the last five years. Yeah. The, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. The, this news that came out last night, I think it should concern college football fans. But yeah. We'll, we'll discuss it in a second. You mentioned Tinker a yeah. second ago. <laughs> That's all. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of tinkering, there's Zach. Is. Thank you for that. I want to talk about Manscaped. February is here. It is the month of love. And it doesn't have to be the only month. When you go to manscaped.com and you get 20% off and free shipping, you can make every month the month of love. You actually want every day to be Valentine's Day? Well, go to Manscaped and get some of their uh, stuff. In fact, let me tell you about the uh, uh, ultimate face-off. The beard bowl is here, Zach. You got some outstanding facial hair there. I got facial hair here. Um the beard bowl for the you know the best two teams square off to see who the champion of facial fuzz is. And our friends at Manscaped are prepping everything you need for the big game day. Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit, that's the Beard Hedger Pro Kit, is the MVP of facial grooming. It offers precision trimming, water-resistant technology, and enough styling options uh, to outplay any opponent. And guess what? Guess what, Zach? What? Guess what? I love guess what? Guess what? Uh, you can join the winning team along with 10 million men who have already trusted Manscaped. 10 million. Off. 10 million. That's 10 right. million. 10 million. 10 million. That's what it says right here on the piece of paper. Hey, Go comment below your favorite of those 10 million men that use Manscaped. Let's just give some love to some of those folks right there. Comment below. There you go. Could say it's below. him. He wants you to say it's him. Say it's him. Good. You could say Brad Law, or you could say, hey, it's about to be so-and-so. That's a good point. Because you're on the way. Yeah, yeah. because you've gone to manscaped.com. Use that promo code VICE. you got to use the promo code VICE to to. take advantage of the offer below. 20% off free shipping. Yep, that's right. All right. That's good. You're a head football coach, and the year is 1995. Okay. I was two. Or 2005. Okay. Let's go even 2005 okay. um, or 2004 to make it an even round number. And we've spent way too much time on periods of time. Okay. Um, what are your hours in the day look like? You're going to come in, you're going to meet with your staff. You might have some recruiting calls to make, right? You're going to plan practice. What I don't want to oversimplify, but 
think about what the day for the average college football coach looked like 20 years ago. Yeah. And think about what it looks like today. It's different. You're recruiting your own players to stay. Right. You got to talk. I mean, how involved are you with NIL discussions? Yeah, probably depends on the coach, but regardless, you need to you need to at least make sure that you know your your people with money are, are giving money where you want them to. I mean, that's mm -hmm. certainly an aspect of it too. Yeah. You can't, you know, facilities are one thing, roster is another thing. To in 2004, you had, you know, you might talk to your athletic director about facilities. You might talk about a new practice facility or football only facility or something like that and, you know, but the again, there aren't 50 hours in a day. Boston College's coach, head coach, successful head coach, just stepped away from the college game to go be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Now, I'm not saying a defensive coordinator position in the NFL is not an attractive position anyway. Right. But he made no bones about the fact that the game is different and basically admitted it chased him away from the college game. Well, let's take a step further because now Boston College players have 30 days mm -hmm. to enter the transfer portal and the other window just closed. And also, if you're one of these Boston College players that enters the portal, you can't enroll in time because we're in the we're in the spring semester now. So, like, then you can't go through spring anywhere. And it's just, I mean, it the timing of everything, like, this is going to, I mean, Boston College is already a bottom dweller, but, like, this is going to destroy that program yeah. because of just the timing of his departure. And, like, I don't know how you fix it because you have to operate on an academic calendar. But, man, this is, uh, it's not a good spot. It's not a good spot. And we saw this complaint a ton, and I think it's valid, between Alabama and Washington when they lost their head coaches this offseason and, like, yeah. they didn't have as much time as everybody else did because they were playoff teams. I get it. Um, this is a unique situation because yeah. the semester's already started and you've got guys because the NFL coaching carousel is later than the college one. And I think, I mean, I think this is a, I think it's going to be a very normal thing over the yeah. next few off seasons, losing guys like, you know, Jeff Halfley isn't, I don't think he's a great head coach, but he's got Boston college believing they could be something better than what they probably are, which they, is well, yeah. Valuable. And they won a bowl game. They finished 500 or better in three of his four seasons. And again, which at Boston college is That's fine. great. It's 100%. Fine. Yeah. yeah. And so like he wasn't on the hot seat in any, any stretch of the imagination there. But I mean, once again, though, if you're Boston college and you're him, you probably get this guy, this diamond in the rough. That was a two star. None of the, nobody in the sec knew he existed. Yeah. And he overachieves. And then you worry about these guys leaving because they have a better opportunity elsewhere. It's like, I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all for getting out. But if you're this, the NCAA and you're college football, like this, this is a major red flag. This is not, by the way, the same rant because it's it's out there. You guys already know this. Like the system's broken. You got to do something to fix it, and this, that, and the other. We're just we're talking about the ramifications of this. Is these are some things that happen when the system in place is the way that it is. And I again, once this starts, does it stop with one head coach? 
I don't think it does. I think no. this is something that you get ready to see happen more and more. Yeah, if, if you're college football and you want to keep your better coaches, you got to change something. You got to change Which, something. I, I don't know if you if you add more dead periods in in the uh, in the calendar as far as recruiting goes. I don't know if you shorten the transfer portal window into like 14 days. I don't know what you do. I have no clue. But what is currently set up is not working. It's It goes back to, again, the Will Redmond hire, though, and why that's so critical. Because the the role of head coach is – it's kind of like the you know if you are the president of an auto manufacturing company, you aren't making cars. Okay? And that's something Jeff Halfley said is like there's no time to coach football. Right. Yeah. As the head coach, you don't coach a lot of football, typically. Not in 2024. You're you're the head of the organization. Yeah. You're you're the face of the organization to the media in front of the donors. You're a manager of a company. You're a manager of this big giant company. And I think it changes the type of individual. Like if you just want to coach ball and that's all you want to do, there's a place for you to do that. It's not as the head coach of a football program. Right. That's a different individual. Just like the CEO of a company is different than the guy who like, I just want to make watches. Well, then you're not going to be the president of the watchmaking company. Yeah. There's going to be other responsibilities there. And it's it's fascinating to watch that change because the 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 guy that we look at, like the generic sort of faceless figure of football coach, yeah. looks so different today than the generic faceless figure of football coach that you would describe in the 70s or the yeah. 80s. Yep. How would you fix it? Comment down below. We'd love to hear and read your responses. Brad, I think that about does it for today's show. It does. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And remember, everyone has vices. Everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.